The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Man, it's a great day to be a Wildcat. Oh, no, no, no. Let's, let's try that again. Let's try that again. It's a great day to be a Wildcat. Nailed it. Jerome Tang said it best. Nailed it. It's a great day to be a Wildcat, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Welcome man. into the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., and Sage Williams is back with us. How about Sage? Back Thank from God. spring break, doing body shots on the beach. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not on the beach. No, I was actually at your favorite city. I was at New York. Oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're in New Fort City? Yeah, I was over in New York. That's actually where my boyfriend is from. So. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay, so you're doing body shots off your boyfriend in New York City. <laughs> and Got then it. Goes, oh, what do you think this is? Huh? Spring break is at Oh. Sorry. Man. Wow. Sorry. After five months of living in New York, did not see that coming one time. No. <laughs> oh. Didn't, didn't see that, didn't hear it. Although one time I did hear a guy, you cut me off the traffic one more time. Oof. And I was like, better get out of here. I'm out leaving. I also know what else you didn't hear in New York. Let's go Mets. Oh. Uh, incorrect. I went to four <laughs> Mets games and heard it all the time. Dang, that's cool. You so hear you, it more there than Let's Go Royals. Well, no, that that it was more the fact that it's Yankee fans. Did you say did you go to like anything uh We're hijacking. Like the a museum or anything or stuff like that? Well, we went to the Met. He said I would really like the Met, which I did. It nice. was pretty cool. So Very cool. That's that wouldn't awesome. be my kind of place to hang out. The Met. You I think you'd surprise yourself. You'd walk in and go, there's some pretty cool stuff in here. It's New York City. I, I feel like I need to explain something to Troy here. All right. <laughs> oh, boy. Here he, we he, go. He's just, he considers NYC to be a Yankee town. Darn right. Incorrect. That is incorrect. It's actually, it kind of goes by borough. Yeah. Valid, but. The Bronx. The Bronx is a, is a Yankee. Yankee is a Yankee borough. Queens is, the Mets. is for the Mets. Now, I heard it broke down like this. Most of the time, if you're a Yankees fan, you're also a Giants fan. And if you're like a Mets fan, you're kind of a Jets fan, too. You think that, that is the crossover? That has no distinction for Burrow. Hmm. It the, doesn't matter. The irony of this is that my buddy from Joyzy is a big Jets fan, but he's also a Yankees fan. Ah, so that's, that, that has no bearing. Correct. It's burrow by Burrow. What about um, Brooklyn? Dodgers. Brooklyn, anything goes. Okay, anything goes. Long in Island, Long Island. Uh, they like the Islanders. <laughs> Have you seen that thirty for thirty on the guy that pretended to be a billionaire to buy the? Yes. the oh my! I've not seen that one. No. Oh my god! It should be in the Met. Yeah. It's such a good like the dude <laughs> tricked everybody. They were like, he's coming to save the Islanders, and no, he wasn't. It was amazing. Well, that's really great to hear, Sage. That's awesome. I'm glad you had a good time. Well, that's do you good. know what should be in the Met? What? Jerome <laughs> Just take this audio and put it in the Met. Yeah. <laughs> Introductory press conference for Jerome Tang earlier today, the 25th head coach of K-State men's basketball. Um, 
I was there. Troy was there. Mm-hmm. DG was not. Sage was not. Uh, but <laughs> Troy and I are about to relay to you two exactly how great it was. Yes. Uh, to keep it simple, it was probably the best press conference I've ever been to. No way. First of all, there's a live hot crowd there ready to uh, take in all the Jerome Tang they can possibly get right now. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I, 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 I doubt anybody left the Shamrock Zone not a fan of Jerome Tang. Yes. After coaching, I think he would definitely have at least a career in preaching. But he would also have a career in in public speaking and uh, um, motivational speaking. He'd be much better than Tony Robbins. (laughs) And a better basketball coach. Also true. (laughs) He was really good. I mean, he has has the public speaking skills. Mm -hmm. He had, I think he had the crowd by the palm of his hand. He has he has charisma. Yeah, he does. Very dynamic with what his presentation was today. I like the fact that he got out from behind the podium so in that, speaking. That it was the moment I was like, all right, we're in for a really good speech here. Mm-hmm. He was funny. Mm-hmm. He was serious. He he would get a little emotion out of you Ooh. after sharing a few stories. He would take the time, like, he would take a quick turn to just talk to the players who were there in the second row. <laughs> Nocturnal. Uh, you, got, you got a little, oh, we're going to get to a few highlights. <laughs> Here's the deal. It was so good, we have 20 highlights yes! from this press conference lined up. Oh Not just from God. Jerome Tang, but also of uh, some Gene Taylor. But, I mean, this was Jerome Tang's day. His family was there. Not only was his parents there, his uh, wife's parents were there. Mm-hmm. I got a kick out of, he calls his in-laws his in-loves. Aww. I was like, man, that's a guy, if you need better, I don't think you need better evidence that this guy is about building relationships yes. that he calls his in-laws in loves. And That's yet nice. still tweaked his father-in-law. <laughs> yeah, shared a story about the father-in-law and about how the, the father-in-law gave him a hard time when he asked for permission to marry his daughter. Ooh. Yeah, It's like, everything was great until you came along. You know, <laughs> some, some in that neighborhood. It, I mean, this press conference had a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yes. I enjoyed it so much to the point I kind of forgot I was in the media I didn't even ask. I forgot to ask a question. I was just enjoying listening to everybody else <laughs> interact like, with him. Mitch, Jerome, uh, 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 you're cool. <laughs> okay. Well, my que- I just wanted to know, like, give me, like, some of your favorite memories of anything K-State and Kellis asked that question. He yep. was sitting right next to me, so I just let it, you know. I, I don't need to ask questions. We're going to get him on this show at some point. I didn't need to be there to ask questions. Yeah, and it's going to be... It's gonna be a lot like the Chris Farley show on SNL. You, you remember? You remember, <laughs> you remember that time you did that that video? Yeah, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Because <laughs> this guy is rad. That video clip of him talking, where he's like, "It's not supposed. This isn't supposed to happen to people like me." You want to talk about coming from the mud? The mud. I watched that ten thousand times in a row last night. I couldn't even go to sleep. I'm so excited for. The program. This is a home run hire, man. Yeah. And this guy's cool, man. Right now, things could not be going better <laughs> for Gene Taylor, mm-hmm. Jerome Tang, the K-State uh, sports staff. Yes. Uh, there there was an, a lot of names that were mentioned earlier today, not only by Gene Taylor, but by Jerome Tang, about those that were involved in the hiring process, mm-hmm. those that came to his house to talk to him. I love that Gene mentioned that they're expecting there to just be an hour, and they're they're in the car trying to come up with this code word that um, just in case things weren't working out, they had a code word for like, all right, let's get out of here. 
didn't eat it. Well, it, well and John uh, Tang brought that up. He's like, they took a 30 second time out to talk about this code word. I was like, that is hilarious. <laughs> that's funny. That is a great one. Oh, that's funny. Well, duck butts. <laughs> yep, duck butts. Look like we got to uh, hit the old dusty trail. Oh, that is great. We didn't need a code word, we needed a pin. For a signature, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah! He, also, he also took the time to share some really great stories. Um, quick stories. Uh, one of them had to do when he did get the job finally. And old Scott Drew, head coach of the Baylor Bears, came over to his house. And he brought with him a bottle of wine that someone had given him in 2003 when he took the job at Baylor. And they told him, I want you to drink this when you want to celebrate something that's really, really great. Well, we won an NIT championship. We won, went to Sweet 16s, went to two Elite Eights, went to a Final Four and a national championship, then won the Big 12 again, and that bottle was still closed. But when I got this job, he came over with his wife to open that with me. See, those kind of ties, those deep bonds that take colleagues to become friends and then to become brothers for life, that's what we're gonna do here. I plan to be at your weddings. I plan to send you something for your, when, when your first son or daughter is born. I will have the picture up in my refrigerator and in my office. The kind of bonds that, that are not broken when you change colors. The kind of bonds that are not broken by distance or time. Scott Drew, he's a, he's a terrific man, but I expect you students to give him a hard time when they come here. <laughs> Making me actually want to like Scott Drew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, how do you not get a lot of respect how, for Scott Drew? R- really? After all this, whose stock is higher than Scott Drew's? I really like. You know, I'm like with everybody else. Like, I didn't really like the guy. I'm like Scott Drew's a pretty decent dude now. Him and Gene Taylor both. I mean, their stock is way up in my mind. Well, for those that missed the uh, interview with uh, Ashley Hodge from Sikkim mm-hmm. 365. He, you know, he mentioned that Scott Drew's the softie of the team. Like yeah. he would be the one that, that he didn't quite raise his voice a whole lot. The hard work, that kind of hard work was done by Jerome Tang. Jay Tang. So I, you, you kind of know, like after I heard that, I was like, all right, like, you know, it's business when it's behind closed doors. Right. You know, if he has to choose some butt, he'll go out there and choose some sure. butt. But <laughs> as I transition here, Um, another, another great thing he said earlier today, he was asked a question during the the press portion of this, you know, why, why here and why now? I do believe actually the question's in the clip. Why K-State and why now? Because Gene said yes. (laughs) He was the, no, he was the smartest guy, you know, I mean, if you want to know how smart our athletic director is. There is. <laughs> also, I, I firmly believe that um, there's a, in this wonderful book that I like to read, it says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Amen. And I believe that um, there have been opportunities that I wanted to take and uh, they were blocked on purpose because there was something greater that, that was planned for my life. And I'm, I'm, you know, when, when people tell you no, it can impact your ego, make you feel bad about yourself, or you can say, God's got something bigger for me. I'm here, bigger, better. 
You know, another thing oh, I liked about him, uh, I, I, there's a lot I want to play here. We're, we're getting kind of short here. We got yeah. interviews coming up here in the first hour. We have uh, Pete Hughes from KSA Baseball in the next segment. We have Jeff Mitty to wrap up the season coming up later this hour as well. I want to squeeze in some more clips here with Jerome Tang here. He did a lot of uh, he did a lot of a uh, research about K State. He knew what Emol was all about, mm-hmm. and he did his research on Wildcats. Right, there are two species of wildcats. There's a European wildcat, there's an African wildcat, and but they have a couple things in common. They're intelligent and they are active. I see you, Willie. I see you, bro. <laughs> They're intelligent and they're active. So that fits great, because on the court, we're gonna be smart and aggressive, right? We're gonna be smart and we're gonna be aggressive. Now there's one other common trait they have, Gene, is that they're nocturnal. So fellas, I expect you in the gym at night getting up shots. There it is. (laughs) Stay away from Aggieville. Get up shots. He knows about Aggieville <laughs> Dude, already. you can't sneak anything past this guy at all. But he, he needed a great way to close the press conference, at least his, his speech portion of the press conference, and I think he nailed it. This is just the start of some really, really big things that's going to happen. And with everyone's help, with all the K-State family, Wildcat Nation, we're going to accomplish great things together and it's not going to take long it is not going to take long i didn't come to rebuild right came to elevate see that just a great way to wrap it up Mm -hmm. what a great speech he had today he got you hooked in with it's a great day to be a wildcat peaks at the end with the big line it's not going to take long yeah Mm -hmm. that got everybody's attention yeah i'm not here to rebuild to elevate. Oh, now there was also this. This is the last clip I'm going to play here before we take a break. If you are watching on ESPN Plus or at KStateSports.com, if you're listening here on K Man, um, actually, if you were listening on K Man, you probably heard this. But if you're watching or if you were there, you didn't hear this. And this was this was pretty this was pretty cool. As Wyatt Thompson, after the press conference, got to talk to him one on one and asked Jerome Tang. What does he want to achieve long-term? Consistency. Okay. Right? We want to consistently win. You bet. Right? And not wondering, well, this, well, this is not a once every three years go to the NCAA tournament program. Right. This is a every year we are in the NCAA tournament, and then, then looking at how do we compete for a Big 12 championship and a, a national championship, because... Uh, I want to find guys who aren't afraid of heights because we want to climb ladders. Right. And they got to know their ring size because we want to win championships. God, he's so good. He's cool, man. He is so freaking cool. (laughs) Yeah, he He is. He sold a lot of tickets today. Yeah, he did. He sold a lot of tickets. Yes, he did. All right. Of course, we're going to talk a lot of Jerome Tang. A lot of it's going to be coming in the second hour as we'll continue on uh, with what's the next step, right? He he mentioned in a pre, in the press conference, uh, in the breakout session, which we will hear early, uh, later in the show in the second hour, but it's about, of course, talking to the players, those that are still here, talking about staying or talking about their future, but also assistance. Who is he going to hire? Well, there's been a plenty of reporting about a couple of those assistants that are going to be coming to Manhattan. And I got to say, 
he's swinging for the fences. Yes. That's going to lead off hour number two. But when we come back, we're going to speak. We're going to talk baseball. We're going to speak with head coach Pete Hughes of K State up next on the game. Oh, Troy brought this to my attention during the break. Um, Coach Jerome Tang is right now getting the campus tour. And, of course, you can imagine, well, maybe you can, maybe you can't, but uh, who's giving him the campus tour? None other than Taylor Bratt, of course. I, I, I don't know if he's getting the ride in the Jeep, in the purple Jeep. Did he? I thought, uh, by the way, friend of the show. Yes, um, you're your best friend, I think. My dude, we 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 for sure homeboys. Um, didn't he say he got rid of that, or did he say he still? No, had he that? still has it. Oh, no, he still oh, has it. Oh, never mind. It's too good to get rid of. Yeah, yeah. and the resale is like, uh, I'll take eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> Let's go into K State baseball. The Bat Cats are eleven and eight, and they've won eight of their last nine. We're now pleased to be joined by the head coach of K State baseball, Pete Hughes. Coach, I appreciate your time. It sounds like you got into uh, Fort Worth, Texas, safe and sound. But uh, how was the trip over? Not bad. Yeah, uneventful. Just the way we like it. So, uh, yeah, beautiful here. Weather's great. We'll go work out here in about an hour and a half. And uh, hopefully we can play well. You know, I like the way our team's playing. We had a little little step back yesterday. But, um, you know, we got a good, good opponent coming up here in TCU. And they're good in their park. It'll be a good challenge for us. Yeah, your bats have, have really done a lot better since the start of the season. You're hitting over 300. As a matter of fact, uh, that's the second-best batting average as a team in the Big 12. Uh, you have the best slugging percentage in the conference right now. I remember you telling me in California how you felt like the team was pressing at the plate. Um, have you seen that really improve? The guys are starting to calm down? Yeah, up, up and down You know, the lineup. Everyone's kind of settled in now. and. There's a learning curve, you know, for guys that play at this level for the first time on an everyday basis. You know, we just we had a lot of new guys out there, you know, and um, I think they're settled in right now. You know, the, the true test of an offense and it, it comes in conference play. So um, I'm looking forward to getting getting ready here with conference play. This will be our first weekend, and you know, that's that's the true test if, if you get a really good offense if you're doing it against the conference stop, the conference pitching, you know, so. Uh, we'll see some good arms here this this weekend in Fort Worth. I mean, obviously speaking for myself, but I feel like you know there, there's been a, a handful of guys that have been a, a really nice surprise stepping into some big roles and, and performing right away. Uh, the the guy that really jumps out to me is Dom Johnson. He's it feels like he's the perfect leadoff guy. I mean, for this home stretch that you just had, it felt like every time he's stepping up there, he was pulling a double down the left field line. Um, he, he's been great. He's uh, right now the second best in the country in doubles, 14-game hitting streak. Have you – I mean, could you ask for a much better start for Dom Johnson coming in from Oklahoma State? You know, he, he's been on fire. Like, I haven't been around too many guys that got that hot like he was this past weekend. You know, it seemed like every everything was on the barrel. And, and like you said, it's double after double. So, um, yeah, he, he spoiled us out of the gates here. Uh, you know, hopefully he can – he can stay hot and get us going. You know, he makes a lot happen. There's a lot of traffic on the bases, and, you know, it gives those guys a chance to drive them in. You know, and pretty explosive offense when your leadoff guy can do that. 
Speaking with K-State baseball coach Pete Hughes here on the game. So uh, we have seen an issue this year of, of, of base running errors uh, coming from a, a variety of ways. But uh, you know what has led to those? Do you think it's just a miscommunication or guys maybe being a little trigger happy it's trying poor, to take off for third? It's poor coaching, Mitch. Come on, that, that's what you're getting at. It's 100% poor coaching. Right? I, that, that's your words, not mine. <laughs> yeah. It, it, hey, man, it, it, it's been frustrating. You know, it's, uh, that's fundamental baseball 101 stuff. And uh, it seems like it's uh, been been running rampant in our program. We, we we have been pretty good here the last, you know, six or seven games. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's aggressive. Um it's it's inexperienced too, you know. It's like I said, these guys. There's a learning curve in, in playing at this level every single day, and, and we've seen it on the, in the on the base paths. But uh, we, we're working on it, man. We're, we're we're trying to clean it up. It, it, it's frustrating from a coaching standpoint as well. We haven't seen uh, Terrence Sperlin in the lineup since game number one. He got hurt. Uh, you know, uh, what's his status right now? Is there a timetable? He's hurt, man. He just. You know, he didn't even travel with us this weekend, so um, it's it's really a week to week thing. Um, I'm, I'm not I'm not too optimistic about about Terry's condition and Terry's return. Honestly, this year, if you had to ask me today, so um, we're trying to we're trying to make the best. But you know, he just that, that's such a underrated position and underappreciated position, first base and. Um, and we've seen that, you know, we've we've seen some miscues at first base that that wouldn't that wouldn't be present if Terry was out there playing with us every day, you know. So, yeah, don't don't uh, I don't feel great about it, you know. We'll, we'll try everything we can to get him on the field. He'll try anything he can to get on the field, but um, it, it is it's going really slow. Yeah, at one point you did move Orlando Salinas from first to second. They just switched spots with uh, Josh Nikoloff. Is, is Nikoloff uh, another transfer? Is he a guy that can naturally play it uh, in, in one of those positions? Yeah, you know, normally it's an easy transition if you take a middle infielder and put him at first. But there's there's so much to it, you know, with bunt coverages and uh, pickoffs and cuts and relays. And uh, Nikoloff is an older guy, a veteran guy. And a, He's probably better than Orlando Salinas. Um, he's played a lot more baseball, so he, he's probably the right fit at first base for us right now. Um, but it is nice to have an athlete over there, you know, with good hands who can move around. And, uh, but you know, we believe me, we, we knew how good Terry Sperlin was. It's just uh, we we miss him every day out there. He used to he ran the whole infield, you know, from first base, and that usually doesn't happen. It usually happens from the shortstop position, but, but Terry ran things. So Nick, Nick Loss, a good good player, man, really smart. And, um, you know, he, he he's up for the challenge, and he'll fit in right there. He's, get, he's getting comfortable with that position. You know, it feels like the state of Arkansas has been a, a, a very good area to provide you with starting pitching, and Blake Adams has taken over that Friday role for you. He's 2-1 right now, 2-plus uh, on the ERA. He's got the most innings, the most strikeouts right now as a team. But uh, how have you felt about his execution so far as a cat? I'm excited for Blake. You know, I, I thought maybe he'd, he'd try to do too much. And, you know, sometimes when these kids transfer into your program, they, they haven't played a whole lot or have, haven't been given a whole lot of opportunity. So they get they get really amped up when the opportunity comes their way. And, and uh, he, he's handled that. he's handled that great. Handled, you know, the Friday night 
tag, whatever that means. He's handled that great. And, um, pretty even kill, and he, he goes about his business. He executes. Uh, been really impressed with the way, you know, how he competes even after, you know, barrel contact or if he makes a mistake or, or when the game speeds up, he slows everything down. Um, he's been awesome, man. He just commands the zone. He, he's competitive in the zone, works fast, keeps his defense in it. And, um, great kid. Yeah, great addition. You know, he's, uh, he's just... Uh, Anytime you can get a guy that's going to throw that many strikes and have really good stuff, you know, and he come right into your program and, and help you out right away, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing. So, but, but a great kid, great addition, and uh, you know he's off to a great start. All right, coach, got a couple more for you. Uh, last year against TCU, I mean, what a wild ride that was. You finished the regular season against the Horn Frogs. You win that series at home. You go to the Big Twelve tournament, in Oklahoma City, and you meet with them a couple of times, and you. And as a matter of fact, they did in the the season for you guys, but you you played them twice in one day to almost uh, get to the final uh, final game of the Big Twelve uh, championship. But uh, this season, uh, you mentioned them a little bit. What what does stand out about the Horn Frogs? Uh, veteran team. You know, they 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 uh, have most everyone back in there. They're starting lineup from a really good team last year. Uh, you know, a solid starting pitching. They've they've had they've had an addition from uh, you know the trans the, the the transfer circuit's been pretty good to those guys as well with their starting pitching. You know. So, but but a team that really plays good in their park, you know, and you know, we, we we need to we need to be a better road team. So, uh, but they're really comfortable here. I, I think you know, I think it's important to get off to a good start with them to take the crowd out of the game. Um, so these are things we'll talk about. We'll go over there and work out. We'll talk about these things for tomorrow and some of our goals. But, um, you know, super athletic, steel bases. Uh, they use the walk as an offensive weapon as good as anyone in our league. Uh, so we got to limit the free passes. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're an on-base machine, and they get that offense going. You know, the key is, is is not to walk people with these guys, make them earn their way on. Because when they get on base, they like to – they like to, uh, you know, for, force pressure on you and get their running game going. So, you know, we we have to be it's critical that we, we don't give them free bases, you know, and make them swing their way on base. All right, Coach, your last question. This was influenced by Chris Brown yesterday at the uh, during the Air Force game. Actually, it's beforehand because during pregame, YMCA comes on. Everybody loves YMCA, right? It's a song everybody knows. Okay. But, but, right. he, but he hates it. He he says he'd rather do the Hokey Pokey than uh, do the YMCA. It's a, He says it's the worst song he's ever heard. But okay. I, I wanted to know from you, Coach Hughes, is there a song that will always get you out on the dance floor? Mitch, you, you know these questions are exhausting. You I know, know. <laughs> exhausting. Um, and you know, I just get sucked into it, and it never comes. We, we never pull it off, you and I. We don't have the great dynamic with these questions. However, however, um, I want to go with something modern, something that I get from being around eighteen, nineteen-year-old guys all the time. So, the song that would get me out on a dance floor right now today would be. Dior. You know who sings Dior, Mitch? Dior? Dior. D-I-O-R. No, I, I'm Googling right okay. now. Okay, don't. Don't Google. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's Pop Smoke, R-I-P, Pop Smoke. So that's, 
that's one of the great advantages of being around 41, 20 year olds, 21 year old guys. So, there you have it. You know, a dumb answer for a dumb question. A great way to end the interview. All right, Coach. Love, uh, hey, man, we love you guys. Thanks for all your support and everything you do for our program. You guys work work like crazy and you're underpaid, but uh, you're much appreciated from the world of uh, Pointing Family Stadium, that's for sure. Well, I, Coach, I appreciate your time. By the way, I looked up Dior and a bunch of women's products came up. So I, I, I was hoping for a curveball there for a second. But, uh, uh, Coach, appreciate you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'll have more dumb questions for you. You got it, Mitch. You guys have a good weekend. Yeah, you too, Coach. Good luck. That's K-State baseball coach Pete Hughes. Up next, we're going to take a quick break. Jeff Mitty, K-State women's basketball coach, is next. Uh, what a day. Uh, just what a day. We, we, we had Jerome Tang introductory press conference. Coach Hughes coming in with fastballs. Yeah. You know, he, he always exits in style. Absolutely. And now we continue on with now K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. Coach, congratulations on a successful season. 20 wins on the year, and you wrap up in the round of 32 in the NCAA tournament with a uh, rematch with NC State. But first, Coach, just uh, you know, how great was the experience for this team to uh, – make a little run in the NCAA tournament? Well, yeah, it was good to get back where, you know, we need to be. And, uh, you know, it. Uh, I think that uh, I said early on that uh, while we played a young team, um, I was very confident that that team was ready, and, and I was very confident those freshmen had put in the work and were ready to do it. So it was good to see their hard work pay off, and uh, good to get that win over Washington State in the first round, and uh, we just ran up against we didn't really match up well and and uh, just uh, one of the top teams in the country that's vying for the national uh, championship now do you have to follow like a whole bunch of different rules when the ncaa is completely involved in in charge of an event like that um in terms of in terms of practice and all those things really anything like i just remember seeing like i saw a bunch of pictures actually of like hey no bottles pass this portion of the of, <laughs> of the arena like you have to have those ncaa cups those powerade cups oh yeah oh yeah every time you have a diet coke they're telling you to put it in a cup <laughs> and you know nobody really cares but you got to do that you've got to make sure that uh You've got uh, the NCA pen, you know, where that can be seen. That and, too. You know, I got some, you know, police officer following me around everywhere, like there's somebody trying to get after me, you know. Um, but yeah, those they're all <laughs> they're all kinds of things like that that uh, um, the NCA provides, I guess. But um, there there are a lot of things that in uh, NC State, they're a, a unique arena. It's a great arena for women's basketball. But is a horrible arena for logistically navigating downstairs. I mean, we were dodging softball players, we were dodging um, other events going on. I mean, it was just, uh, we. <laughs> I was our locker room was actually an active bathroom. So <laughs> before before the game against Washington State, I actually had to leave our locker room so some people could use the restroom. Uh-huh. So, so there were some interesting things with this, but uh, it, it, it was, 
NC State is a great arena to play in, but uh, it's an older arena that um, uh, certainly uh, there are some areas that uh, uh, probably need reworked for an event like that. Well, that does lead me to my next question. Isn't it about time we have women's basketball first and second rounds at neutral sites? Well, we've done that. We've done that. We've been back and forth. We've done that. The problem, the problem still maintains in, in, in our game is that um, uh, there are more fans of their teams than there are overall fans. You know, you're going to have a regional down in Wichita and huge uh, enough, and it'll be hard to get the same kind of crowds. I mean, it was a sold-out crowd. Uh, that arena looks bigger than it is. It seats 5,500. And it was jam-packed and as loud as any arena we've played in all year. So it's a great atmosphere to play in. Um, I, I, In my opinion, Mitch, I think if you go neutral site, you've got to have an attitude almost like the college baseball where Omaha is their championship. I think our regionals need to be set in one city eight different cities across the country, and those cities build it up to be a, the event in their city for that time because you keep moving them around, and I just think it's really hard to get uh, people excited about that, you know? Yeah, that's a very interesting idea. I, 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 I've i never even thought about it that way. I'm not sure most people have, but that is definitely an idea. I'd love to see the NCAA take in consideration um, well, you look at you look at this. You look at the old Big Eight tournaments. You go way back. So there's only eight teams in that. So Kansas City made that their own at the time. And of course, we're comparing men's basketball. But I do think there are cities out there that, if they knew they were getting an eight team region every single year, they can grow that with uh, they can grow that with their community. They can grow that with. Certainly, their their youth girls basketball programs because it's something that they know every year is coming to their city. We bounce it around, and that that gets really hard on a one year deal. And so then, when you hit a perfect out of those eight teams, maybe you've got a couple teams that are local. You got maybe one team that their fans are super excited about. Um, so I think it's. I mean, that's my idea behind it, and that's how you get to the neutral site. But we just haven't been able to to pull that off. Well, and it really, even with the number of smaller arenas, you brought up the, the size of, of Valvano Arena being 5,500. You know, there are a number of arenas now nationwide that are kind of in that 5,500 to 8,000 range that might work for a setup like that. Oh, I think it'd be fantastic. That's the perfect size. For women's basketball, if you can get something around the 6,000, uh, that is the perfect size. And if you stretch it to eight, that's even okay as well. And you're right, there have been a number of arenas. If you just look at Kansas City, and I'm going to miss the name of the arena, but there's an arena on the east side, uh, kind of in the Independence Lee Summit area, that houses that minor league hockey team. And I think it I think it seats about six, 7,000. Yeah, that's exactly the type of concept I was thinking of, is is arenas like that set up really nicely for what you're looking to do potentially with the with the tournament. That's a great idea. I think so. It creates a, I'll tell you what, it was a great atmosphere. Uh, I saw the game on TV. I mean, it was loud. It was, it was energetic. And even when we played Washington State, um, that was a good, solid atmosphere in that arena. And... Um, 
you just yeah, it, it, it creates a good environment. It looks good on TV, and um, I just get back to I think there's you could find eight communities that would really want something like that. What was your reaction today to find out Rachel Ranke's entering the transfer portal? I guess I just I, I didn't realize she had the extra year. I, I don't know. Maybe I just got my my years mixed up. But uh, I was I was surprised to see her tweet earlier today. What was your reaction? Well, Rachel and I had had a, a good conversation, and I I just felt like uh, you know she is still entertaining the idea of going pro and not taking that last year, but. Um, with our roster and committing to the young players, um, her coming off the injury, um, I think it was best in, in all cases for her to do that. And um, certainly uh, she's had great moments here. The last two years have been really frustrating for her because of the injuries. And, uh, so it did not surprise me. And uh, we, we had a good talk. And like I told Rachel, you know, she'll always be a Wildcat. She got her degree from here. She, she loves K-State, so we'll certainly help her. And if she chooses that, now she's still trying to decide whether she's going to go uh, overseas or not, and, and I think she'll make that decision here in the next month or so. Speaking with K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty, well, as you assess the season, just kind of go through your mind and, and, and think what was you know what was great, maybe not so great, but um, I, I tell you what, there's probably not many um, programs around the country that had three freshmen come in and just step into some giant roles like the Glenn sisters and Serena Sundell did. But, I mean, how would you assess the way it went for their first season as a Wildcat? Well, I think it went really well because as we talked in our individual meetings the last couple days, you know, not only did they come in and earn those minutes, but they got, they had success. They had to go through droughts. They had to find out uh, teams' adjustments on them. Uh, they had to play through fatigue. They had to play against some of the very best super seniors in the country, um, and they battled every step of the way. They got a lot of answers this year, and, and what I told them is that uh, now, now you've got to use that knowledge to have the best offseason you can have for the people into the sophomore year, and you are ready because you've got those answers way earlier in your career than most people. And so they earned that, um, had big moments. You know, that's one thing this team did is that uh, when you talk about those freshmen rising to the occasion, you know, you get an Oregon victory, then you get a Baylor victory, you, um, you get uh, a huge Oklahoma victory and you're part of an NCAA record with Lee, um, and then you get a NCAA tournament win. So there, there were some big moments in this season for, for not just them, but the whole roster. Do you know where you go next with Aoka Lee about growing her game as she enters her senior year? Well, one of the things we've got to do is get better depth along the front line. So the, the thing that I was very cautious with is uh, we did not involve her with a lot of ball screen action. We did not involve her with a lot of screening action because, quite frankly, I didn't want her picking up cheap fouls because we had to have her on the floor. Um, so we've got to continue. Uh, Lauderbox has got to continue to develop. Um, we've got to get more minutes out of Taylor, and I think we can. Um, we saw her st- take good strides the last couple weeks because I felt like her defense needed to get better. Um, but we've got to be able to involve Lee in getting more people better shots. 
because obviously what we saw late is that um, uh, people were really crowding her, and then we didn't shoot the ball well late down the stretch. So um, we've got to we've got to continue to to work on that area, not only not only with our roster, but also in recruiting. We've got to continue to get better shooters around late. And my last question here for you, Coach. Um, I go back a handful of years ago, and I remember the anticipation that was going into the final season for Kindred Wiesman and Brianna Lewis, that team, uh, because I think you know people knew that that team could do some special stuff, and they you know hosted a first and second round, and they made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament after, and then you know lose to Stanford here in Manhattan, but. Um, yeah, you know, what's made this season so special is the the, the K State family's been a lot more involved with the team. Uh, you've seen a lot more people to come watch Aoka Lee and watch the freshmen. Do you sense heading into this next season, there's a lot of anticipation, there's a lot of hype around K State's women's basketball heading into the next year? Well, yeah, we barely just ended. So um, here's what I would say. Um, you know, it's always exciting when you get to watch young players grow up and and have them coming back. So that's always exciting. And and I'll give you another thing. You people, most people don't even realize this, but Lee actually has two years of eligibility left. Right. Um, now, whether she decides to take it or not, she's in a master's program that will extend beyond next year. So we don't know what she'll do, but um, she she she. That'll be a decision down the road, but I think people are really excited uh, just about in general that um, uh, NCAA tournament team, sometimes you have an NCAA tournament team and you lose three, four seniors, and you say, oh, can we do it? But this group will have high expectations coming in. They're going to have high expectations uh, this summer in, in terms of their workouts, and I was really pleased with the individual meetings because one of the things nobody said in those meetings is that how great it was to get to the final 32. Every single player said they were disappointed that we didn't go further. And, um, you know, I sat back and I said, you know, that's the right attitude to, to be still disappointed 48 hours later and think that, you know, we should have done better. Um, I think that'll, that'll bode well for us in the off season because, uh, um, It'll, it'll be important that we build off of what we have this year. Well, Coach, a lot of memories from this season, a lot of fun. I can't wait for the next year, and I uh, appreciate your time all this season coming up on Thursdays at 440. I remember sending a lot of texts to uh, Randy Peterson <laughs> just to make sure everything's good to go, as I always look forward to this uh, conversation with you, Coach. But, again, thank you so much, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Mitch, I appreciate it. You did a great job. You guys, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, – and I hope we can continue it, and and, and uh, I'll shoot you a text uh, if I got some news that might be worthy of coming back on this spring, okay? Awesome. Appreciate it, Coach. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Once again, that's K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Minnie. Let's wrap up hour one, but coming up in hour number two, uh, Coach Tang, he is swinging for the fences, guys. And uh, also coming up, his media Breakout session earlier today, plus number one song of the day, and ask us anything as we wrap up our number one of the game here on News Radio KMAN.